This week, we're talking about evil characters, how to play them, how to run for them, and to make sure that it doesn't interrupt the fun of the entire table. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is the D&D show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, the wonderful partners for over a year now who are, as we speak, offering you the chance to win yourself three sets of pristine premium D&D dice over on the We Speak Common Twitter and their Twitter. If you're listening to this on the Thursday that it releases, it is your last chance to enter that competition. So go and have a look. It closes at the end of today and we will announce the winner in episode 150 next week but of course they are also the one-stop shop for all of your D needs and actually uh ben one of the uh the two handsome chaps behind the dice dungeon did uh, sneakily announce to me that they are allowing pre-orders for the new D adventure uh oh, i've forgotten the name james help me uh wild to be on the witch light sounds like it is that right <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so, of course, I had to say yes. If you want to get yourself a limited edition copy of that, go and pre-order it. Go and look at their dice. Go and look at their new... Um, what have they got? Spell scrolls? Dice scrolls? That's what they're for holding dice that look like a scroll. They're really cool. They've got dice trays. They've got so much stuff now that it's hard to keep up, including... Oh, we're going to talk about this later. Glass dice. Go and have a look. There's a link in the description below, and you can get yourself 10% off if you use the code we speak common at checkout. We are also brought to you by the wonderful guys and girls over at Describe. Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com, if you head into the website, is the place to go for creative writing done for you by professionals for your homebrew games. If you don't know how to describe the fire burning low in the hearth of the tavern where the characters meet, don't worry, they've got you covered. Head over to their website. Again, link in the description. There's tons of already prepared descriptive uh, box text for you to use a few of them available for free the rest you need to subscribe if you want to get 10 percent off your monthly subscription uh, every month for two years you can use the code common on checkout before we talk to james who we've already teased i think that's the first time a guest has come in during the uh, the opening ad read so well done uh, i also need to thank the amazing patreons who support this show directly if you love what we do here if you want to get involved with the daily conversation on a private discord server talk about D, the life the universe and everything then head over to patreon and jump on board with us people are joining every every week pretty much and we're having a fantastic time of it it's um it's a lot of fun and of course you get uh, exclusive bits and bobs that i will write for D as and when the time goes on so there's a load of bits available over my patreon now and things will get added uh eventually eventually because i'm working on something else at the moment but shush um if you don't want to support that way because i know not everyone can or, or wants to then just tweeting about us sticking us in that facebook group full of dms and nerds that you enjoy and, and all that kind of stuff is is very helpful too okay enough said and done james hello how are you pretty good now i'm not on the spot i have remembered it is the wild beyond the witch light the wild beyond the witch light there you go have you are you gonna get a copy do you think <laughs> yes yeah i don't know why i asked i i don't normally get every single adventure 
I I like to try and buy all of the source books, and I think I'm only missing. Hang on, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. I think I'm only missing two. I haven't got Salt Marsh, and I haven't got Theros. Yeah, but I think that's it. So, I mean, I don't normally get the adventures, but they started to be like semi adventures, semi source guides. Like you look at Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate, and and this is the Fey Realm, the Fey Wild. So, I'm getting it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm getting them all, so even if you don't, I'm always a Discord call away. <laughs> this is true, and you are, you're my digital D&D Beyond uh, dealer because you share your content with me <laughs> on D&D Beyond. I do. <laughs> um, which is how, when a new book comes out, I get to talk about it as soon as it comes out. So everybody who likes that content has James to thank. Um, so thanks, James, on behalf of everybody who likes that content. You're welcome. I live to surf. <laughs> um, yeah, but I appreciate that. Don't, don't, that'll go to my head. Um, I'm going to apologise in advance for this episode because, um, well, for one, I haven't got the customary cup of tea that we Brits drink during a podcast recording. I instead have a glass of wine. And two, um, we've just got a cat who might come up into the room and like jingle her little bell on her collar and purr and meow and stuff she's very vocal so if that happens hey it's a new guest that you get to meet um plus the door's open so it might be a bit echoey because it's a not not a real studio yeah i mean i feel the wine um, is apt for the topic anyway it really is it absolutely is and i'm i'm pretty nervous about this one i think this one's going to be a controversial one uh but it was requested over on the discord server um which is a great way to request topics. I mean, you can do it via Twitter, you can do it by emailing, but if you're on the Discord server, then there's a channel for it. And I'm forgetting, I'm just going to have a quick scroll. I want to see who actually uh, requested it, because it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Who was it? Uh, I should have checked before we started recording, really, shouldn't I? That would have been wise. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not a wise person. That's my dump stat. I'm I'm more um I'm more charismatic and intelligent, obviously. <laughs> oh, I'll find it later. Anyway, we're talking about playing evil characters. So <laughs> And I've brought you in, James, because you've had the pleasure, displeasure. It is it has been a, a pure pleasure, Ben. Yeah, running me as an evil character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know what? I feel like an idiot now because, as always, it's Sam who suggested it. Yeah. Yeah. Just found it. What? Like, I promise other people suggest topics and I talk about other people's topics. It's not just Sam. I don't... But everyone agreed with him. So, uh, there you go. It's by popular demand. He He knows what the people want. I just sound like a simp for him now, though. <laughs> Every week, I'm like, oh, Sam gave me this fantastic topic that I'm going to talk about. Ha 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 ha. Drats. Okay. Okay. So Sam suggested it. But yeah, you have had the pleasure or displeasure, we'll see, of running my favourite, I think. Don't let all I t- hear that. Uh, character of mine who is uh, lawful evil. So you've got a bit of experience in this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great fun. Watching you, uh, it's like the, the the way the way you've done it. That's really well. Is you, you're always working towards the same goal as the party, 
Mm. Um, it just so happens your your methods are not necessarily the same. Yeah, and I will we'll get into the the do's and don'ts of it. As previously mentioned, this cat has now walked into the room, so be warned. Um, but yeah, that that's we'll, we'll get into the the I think not necessarily the do's and don'ts, and this is why I think it'll be controversial because I think some people are going to agree with what we say and some people aren't. But the the tips and tricks that I have as a player, and I think James you'll have as being the DM of the player, but just so I know, do you have any? Because I know you have another D and D group that I'm not in. And it pains me to know that. But do you have any evil characters in that group as well? I do. Um, they, okay, how many? Um, it is just the one evil character. Um, and mm-hmm. he is a relatively new addition to the party on account of the fact his previous character died. <laughs> Classic. After um, an annoying a dragon, to put it simply. Um, oh, okay. And I mean, it's never a good idea. No, he is a Hexblade Warlock of Asmodeus. Oh, okay. So he's pretty. He's pretty similar to Claf. Then he's not far off. Yeah. Um, and he's he's really clever about it. Um, nobody else in the party knows he's a follower of Asmodeus yet. Um, mm-hmm. but recently they came across a certain mirror which gave them a view into the nine hells. Uh, to be specific, to one of the lords of the hells, um, Mephistopheles. And um, he basically convinced... I was really convinced... hoping you were going to say Gargalth. I was going to fangirl. No, he, he basically convinced half the party to sell their soul. Oh, wow. Well, like, <laughs> do they know they've done that? or? Oh, yeah, they're in, they're in full aware. He was, he was the proverbial devil on their shoulder, um, poking them <laughs> forward along with the actual devil in front of them. Um, one was Nara Crocra. That's with, fantastic. You know, dodgy wings, sold his soul for new wings. Um, one sold his soul to bring somebody back from the dead. And one exchanged a favour for a bit of information. And he uh, classed all that out. Yeah. So, okay, you've got plenty of experience then. Um, before we go any further, just have interest, do you now class those other characters as evil or are they just like... Idiots for selling their souls. Um, That's idi- harsh. They're, they're, well, idiots, yeah. They uh, they just sort of fell, <laughs> fell in line, fell in line to the, the, the tempting tune. Um, mm-hmm. Although one of them did it for good reason. Okay. So... Yeah, and I think that's... I mean, that's a whole different conversation about how you yeah. do that. But yeah, I think um, that there, there are... There are good reasons and bad reasons to sell your soul. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, okay, so... What I want to define first before we get into this is that we're not talking about how to run an evil campaign. This is not everyone in my party is of evil alignment and I'm now running an evil group because that, I think, is a completely different kettle of fish. We're talking, I have a party of four, five, however many people, and one or two of them have decided to play evil characters. How do I balance that? Or I've decided to play an evil character in a good party. How do I balance that? Yeah, that's the that's the fun way of doing it without being a dick. Mm. Yeah, uh, I. Oh, what do I want to say here? I think that. Do you know what? I'm not going to mince my words. I, I think if you're not careful, and you when running an evil character, playing an evil character in a good party, you can come across as a proper arsehole. Yeah. Like, it, it, you can just be a twat. All right. And I I think that's why 
this conversation is one that comes up often because, and it's a good thing if it comes up because it means the people or the person is saying, I want to play an evil character, but I don't want to be a dick. And that, if you're thinking that, if you're researching that topic, if you found this podcast because you, you've wanted to play an evil character and not upset anyone, then you're a good person and, and you're on the first steps to not being that person, which is mm-hmm. great. So when I said to you, and for reference, this is in our Descent game, which is like one session away from finishing and I'm very excited. Um, when I came to you at the start of, session zero character creation sort of time frame and i said i want to play i don't think i said i want to play any character i know that i said I, I think my pitch was you know in those sort of rom-com movies where there's the main character and he's the rabbi's son and he's yeah. meant to like step up and be part of the church but he rebels yeah this is i said i want to do it. that but with a cult and you were like yeah sure <laughs> what were your thoughts what went through your head um, my first thought was, this sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> um, obvious, obviously I knew about the, the shield and everything and it just, it just all clicked into place and, um, gears started worrying of potential future implications. Mm. Did you, I mean, I know that we've played a lot of D&D together, but did you have any worries about me playing an evil character? And I'm not asking that to get you to say no ben i knew you were gonna put everyone else before your own enjoyment when playing the character what i'm asking is were there any worries anyway because it is a bit of a different like it's a bit of a juxtaposition to the rest of the party i suppose um there was the small worry that um we'd end up with just tons of inter-party conflicts never get anywhere um which we did yes but the the inter-party conflict didn't hold things up. Things still kept going. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's down to the fact that um, we were very good at talking things out beforehand. And, and then after any games, making sure everything was above board. And so it only flared up when it made sense story-wise rather than just a let's fight because my guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing as well. I particularly wanted my character not to be a dick. Like, I, I don't like playing an arsehole because I myself... Well, I, there probably are a few people who think I'm an arsehole, but I don't think I'm an arsehole. So... See, that's reminded me of... Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember now you saying that and... You know, you you pegging Clatf as just this smooth talking guy. You know, smooth talks to get what he likes. But then Wesley's character is like, I don't like you because you're like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I didn't want him, but like I knew as well that he wasn't. So Clatf is a uh, he is now the champion of the Hidden Lord, who who was a pit fiend once a demigod, is a pit fiend once a demigod, returning back to god status that's the plan for him right that's where i want to get him and i want to get him in charge of the first layer of hell and i'm pretty close to achieving that there's just the small issue of the current dukes in charge of of Ernest, but that's fine i'll just put a blade through her heart and we'll be all right um you know easy said easy done but <laughs> i had this idea for him that he had rejected 
being a part of the cult of the Hidden Lord, being a part of the the Knights of the Shield for a long time. And his father was in charge of it. And so his father had stepped up and taken the mantle of potentially the Hidden Lord's champion, but had failed and had lost his life. And I don't think we ever really defined how he lost his life, but he's not around anymore. No, he's... He, and you he, might you I might think, have the answer to that. I don't know if you do. Oh, no, don't, it was... It was it, do you remember the dream sequence? I, which one? British, we we had him die. So do you remember the, the 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 dream sequence, which ended with you being chucked into the sea, as as the guy was asking the other person, "Who's this?" We're chucking away, and they were going, oh, "Slice, yeah. it's, it's nobody." Um, I think mm. earlier on in that dream sequence, um, you you saw um essentially what happened to your father, and that was he he died to some common thieves because he was useless. <laughs> yeah, dear dad wasn't. He was very good at talking, but he wasn't good at a- acting and doing yeah. the action. So, yeah, no, that does ring a bell. So we knew he died and that I, Clath had, um, you know, he'd spent his younger years moving between the upper and lower city in Baldur's Gate and, you know, at taverns and bars and sleeping with anything that moved and, you know, <laughs> frequenting bathhouses and masseuse parlours and stuff like that. So he'd sort of built a reputation for himself as a nobody. And then the events of Baldur's Gate and the opening of that campaign clicked something mm-hmm. for him and he realised, I've got responsibility now, I need to step up. And Well, it was more the voice in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> there he is. Um, oh, my, my devil daddy. Um, he... <laughs> Yeah, so he decided he wanted... Basically, he's got a fear of being forgotten, much like I do in real life. He has a genuine fear of never amounting to anything. And so he... I always put a bit of myself in a character. That seems to be a common a common run through for all the Orlo's the same. Um, <laughs> I'm going for a rough time, guys, all right? Yeah. Uh, he decided that yes he will step up and he'll accept the power because that will make something of himself but his decision was that he wanted to make his city his home better than it is and basically to create boulders gate make boulders gate become better than like Waterdeep, that's considered the, the jewel of the north and all that kind of stuff so he what well, he has these noble reasons like he's got these these good intentions but he does them in all of the the evil ways like he does he's not below making deals with devils and selling souls and and you know i don't know blackmailing a lot of people to vote for him into dukedom in the city because he saved their lives and things like that so and allowing unicorns he has to good die intentions and... we'll get to that <laughs> well no let's not talk about that unicorn i mean i i don't even care about that unicorn that i've forgotten its name so you know that tells you something oh. um he this is the thing i very much was like i want to be an evil character but i want him to have good intentions but he does the evil things to get to them so it's kind of like oh you're evil but you're evil for a good reason but even then he's still evil like he's still an ass yeah in some sense does that make it easier for you as the dm um yeah he's He's not being evil for evil's sake. He's not just going to... I don't have to worry about Clath wandering into a room with some random people, one random people just looking at him funny, and then Clath deciding to stab him in the neck. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's the kind of 
evil character you have to worry about. Um, you know, Klaus more likely to turn around and just, you know, give him some kind of witty burn or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then silently plot his entire downfall. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Okay. Yeah. So I, I decided lawful evil. And I think that, I mean, that links with devils 100% because they have law and order. They're evil, but they have rules that they abide by. So that made sense for his character because, you know, he's intrinsically connected to the devils. But I think that also helps if you're if you're sticking strictly to chaotic alignment, if you're the kind of player who uses not chaotic, sorry, if you're the kind of player who uses alignment to help with roleplay, going chaotic evil is gonna send you a little bit more down that asshole path, I think, if you're following I mean, it strictly. If you want something controversial. I would argue that. Go on. I don't think player characters should be chaotic evil ever because I think chaotic evil should be reserved for creatures like demons and other mindless creatures that don't act necessarily through rhyme or reason and will just do whatever they, they want to. I like this. Okay, go on. I think that is what the fundamental essence of chaotic evil is. It's a natural force rather than a a player character just doing what they want. I really like that. I like that hot take. So, do you, would you just say then, like at my table, you can't be chaotic evil? And if you are, if you if you take on something that makes you chaotic evil, like for example, I don't know, becoming a vampire lord, then you're not a player character anymore. I mean, becoming a vampire, you you become you become lawful evil. They're they're lawful intelligent creatures they think through their actions before mm. they do them they don't just mindlessly slaughter for no good and mm. if you really think about it a chaotic evil player character who goes around doing things like killing because they get randomly insulted um doing whatever they want are they really going to survive long enough to get to the point where they get a few levels because they're going to just array such a stupid amount of forces against them they wouldn't get to that point yeah, like I think a chaotic, evil, intelligent creature would be like the humanoid, uh, the or the human. Um, what's the word? Uh, what's a human that eats other humans? Wendigo. No, no, no. Like if Can if, oh, if you or I started eating meat. Cannibal, thank you. Like, if you've got a, 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 and I've done this, a story where there's like, oh, there's a, there's a monster in the woods and our children are going missing. Turns out there's a cannibal in the woods and everyone thinks, oh, there's a big scary monster. But then you find out that it's actually just a human. That human would be a chaotic evil human because they just do it because they want to do it. Yeah, oh, I would, I would argue that they're not quite chaotic evil though because they're not mindless about it. Um, you know, they're 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 clever enough to think about their actions to the point where they manage not to get caught, which by mm. definition isn't chaos. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I, I I like this take. I need to wrap my head around it more and like think about everything, but I really like this. This is an interesting way of, of looking I at mean, that it's, it's it's a very new take because when you mentioned the topic to me, obviously, while sat there at work with nothing to do, I was was having a think and um <laughs> That, that that's what i came up with and i've now decided I, I like that take as well yeah that's that sits that sits very well in my like um that sits in the kind of witcher-esque kind of universe 
if you if you see what i mean like the the monsters and the monster yeah. hunters i quite like that it, it makes a nice separate and then i think for D, you just have to think about the creatures that exist that are monsters quote unquote but aren't mindless killing machines like vampire lords and you know evil lycanthropes for example I mean, yeah, you like ropes. Those are definitely Celtic evil because they just go, well, you're bitten ones more so than the transformative ones. Um, yeah, but, so yeah. then that's the thing. There are differences. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting topic. I think we, everyone always floats the idea of me doing an episode on alignment, but I know that it was it's a conversation that is I mean, so I mean, look, we like... Can't, we can't agree. No, no one can. And we've had so many chats no. about it within our group that like, I just don't want to perpetuate that conversation even further. Um, <laughs> okay, so obviously you've got, you've got lawful evil, evil, chaotic evil, right? Like mm. tr- true neutral is in the middle. So what's, what's the middle evil for you? I suppose that's, that's the difficult one. Because I haven't looked at an alignment chart in so long, but it's, there's three of each one. What is... What's the middle evil called? Is it just evil? It'd be, it would just be like neutral evil. It's normally how it works. It's usually got lawful, neutral, chaotic. That's it, neutral um, evil. Yeah, that's it. I was trying to think of the word. So what's, so if lawful evil is, I have rhyme and reason for the, for the I, like I have reasons for doing the evil things that I do. What's neutral evil? Oh. Because to me, that's just, I will do evil things to get things for myself. Whereas lawful evil is like, I will do evil things, but I will follow my rules. I suppose neutral evil to me would be evil when it's suitable. Okay. So like, oh, I'm just going to live my life, do what I do. And oh, it, it, it it's going to benefit me to just kill this man in the woods quietly while we're out here. So I'll just do it. Yeah, sort of. I'm not. I'm not quite sure how to properly enunciate what I'm thinking. Mm. So obviously, you have got lawful evil, but you have your your laws, and you do evil things according to those laws. Chaotic evil is you just do them because well, what the heck? It's in your nature. You, you're a bit nuts. Neutral evil is not necessarily the other way. You're going about your day, and you just decide, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. It's you're going about your day, and so I don't know. You need to. You need some food, or not some food. You need some money, and you just, you know, there's a pouch sitting on the corner of the bar, and you just, you just grab it. Yeah, because it's there. The, the 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 beneficial evil act is there, so you do it. Yeah, you don't necessarily go out your way to do it because it's part of your your rules. It's just there, so you do it. Cool. Okay, that that kind of works for me. So I think defining those is is a good step into giving um like the tips and tricks for being a player so talking from experience then with claf i went in with the intention to be charming he's a he's a warlock he was a hexblade to begin with and he became a hexblade paladin so he mm-hmm. he went in with the the plan to be charming the plan to you know, make friends, and he did make friends, and he. I mean, there were people that liked him, but he deals with devils, and he wants to overthrow Avernus. And technically, I guess technically, he wants to overthrow Baldur's Gate, but he doesn't. He wants to like just be elected. Um, but he doesn't mind 
you know, playing the system, playing the game by, oh, I've saved your life, so you've got yeah. power, you should vote for me, right? You're going to vote for me, right? And, and, and doing that kind of more evil, like, it's not blackmail, but it's, it's leverage, you know? I did this for you, so you don't need to do this for me. <laughs> rather than I have yeah. this information about you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leak it out to the press if you don't do it for me. So it's leverage rather than blackmail. Um, so you know he's he's definitely doing dodgy stuff. And then as soon as you get down into Avernus, he's like I think Drell, who Wesley played, was very much like devils are evil, devils are bad. Oh my god! And then he was like they he and the other character couldn't understand the difference between devils and demons. And yeah. Claff was like, devils are businessmen. Devils are powerful. Devils are <laughs> bound by the laws of their land and their great leader. And they follow those laws and they do not break them. Devils are noble and honorable in that way. They are not, yeah, sure they want souls and that sounds evil, but they want them because they need to fight the blood war. Because if they don't, they're our first line of defense against the chaos, the chaos of, the, of the demons. Like the demons, they're evil. They just want to destroy. They're a cancer. They want to rip the yeah. world apart. So he was. He had this worldview, and I think my tip would be, and I think this is the bigger thing. Biggest thing is having your evil alignment linked around a worldview or around something like that. Something that means so much to your character. You can show that you follow the evil, quote unquote, evil things. Like Claire follows the devils and believes in the way they live and work. But to you, that's not evil. To you, that is the lesser evil in some ways, or just straight up okay. Whereas to others, that is evil, full stop. We don't want to deal with devils. So it's it's an interesting way to portray that alignment and portray that you believe in a different sect to everyone else without just being like, I'm evil, I'm going to kill you because I want to, which is obviously disruptive. I suppose it's it's like when you're in that crypt. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> before we before we get to that bombshell, let's talk about Drell a little bit to set that up. So Drell was Wesley's character. Do you know what his alignment was off the top of your head? Because I don't. I'm assuming he was something good um, or something neutral at the very least. I I think he is more something something neutral. Um, as obviously not wanting to just give away all Wesley's secrets. I know that he was a bit um, of a uh, bit of a an assassin, as it were. I've kind of we've kind of worked that okay, out. Yeah. Okay, so he was. We don't know what he's done or who he worked for, but we worked that out for sure. Yeah. I'm, sorry, Wesley. I'm, I'm going to give a small detail about. Yes. Um, yeah. He was obviously he was this assassin, but he wasn't an assassin by choice. He was basically an assassin by. Uh, by necessity it wasn't something he wanted to do and eventually as you know he gets plucked out by all the raven guard and becomes his butler and he still sounds a little bit evil to me but okay he you know he'll do little jobs for for older but because he's now working for older the things he's doing aren't you know he he's not just killing people because he's ordered to or well he's doing because he's ordered to but he's not going around doing it in horrible ways. I'm not quite sure how to properly say that. But it it wasn't a life he wanted. There is so much. Oh my god. There is there's there's so much <laughs> symmetry between Drell and Clath. 
with that um, in that like they're both doing quote-unquote evil things for good reason but no he stopped doing the evil things like killing when he became oldest butler he would he would do services for him mm. but i'm pretty sure he sort of like drew the line like you don't kill anyone yeah okay um and obviously his whole motivation was he wanted to to find Alder and bring him back because you know he owes him big time. Yeah, he, he pulled him out of that situation, um, and and that was his whole thing. He does have his ideas of right and wrong, and they are very much um, they're pretty black and white. Most people would consider right right and wrong. Uh, I suppose yeah, they do become to some extent black and white. So he was very against everything that Claff was, not just because Claff was dealing with devils and you know was happy to be the middleman for you to sell your soul because and and you know Clath even had a sword that's that's he has a sword i should say that when he kills people if he kills a human who's yeah. who owns their soul that soul is ferried down the river Styx and when Clath eventually dies and passes on into the high up ranks of the devil um army i should say because when claff dies his soul will absolutely go to hell and he will either already be in charge of avernus with galgath or will step into just being underneath galgath who will be if his plans go accordingly uh the archduke of avernus or if his plans go even further accordingly before mm-hmm. he dies he will just go straight to being the right hand man of asmodeus himself but uh, that's future planning um <laughs> he will he will be there and all of the people that he has killed with his sword will be the souls that he has reaped. So he's got a head start on anybody that goes into, into hell via yeah. uh, the middleman of a soul. And I've, I've got this headcanon that every, every soul that has been sold into any demon that has had class like middle management gives him like an extra little tick up the ranks. Cause he's like already doing the work. Yeah. But, so he's like, even that, like, that's a selfish act, right? He's doing that because he knows it's going to benefit him. Yeah. But he also doesn't see anything wrong with you selling your soul because he, in a way, even though he owns his soul, he already has kind of done that without selling his soul. But anyway, I digress. So he and Drell were very much opposed and it came into butted heads a lot in the first, I would say, yeah. 25 to 30 sessions of the campaign. There's got to be that many, right? Okay, it was, yeah, it it primarily became an issue when you got to Avernus. There wasn't too much of an issue before you got to Avernus. Mm-hmm. And it was then when in Avernus, like, these things started to come to a head, you know, when you, you were showing him what was going on underneath Elturel with the, the war mm. and... And that set you off to a bad foot, and then it just kept snowballing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we uh, we knew that we would have full on confrontation, full on arguments, disagreements, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think I don't know who did it first. One of us, Wesley and I, we had a session where we could feel that it was ramping up that way. And I, I, either I reached out to him or he reached out to me and we said, okay, this is clearly getting heated in session and our characters clearly do not like each other, but are currently bound to, to work together. So how are we going to, like, what's, I, I think I said to him, like, are you okay? Like, what's your boundary? And he said to me, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like, just 
just yeah, go you know, for it. We know Wesley. Wes, Wesley's the roleplay king. As long as it's in roleplay, he's fine. <laughs> so the way we made sure that it didn't turn into that kind of asshole, dickhead kind of uh, territory is that we checked in with each other and said, what's what what is okay like are we okay to explore i think that's what it was i think one of us said are are you okay with us exploring this relationship and we both said yes and i think i said if it ever goes too far tell me and that's important and that's key and i think if you're going to play an evil character and you have any inkling that it's going to go that way like i had no intention to have an adversarial relationship with the party and i built him so that it was less likely and it just happened that the characters that we created clashed in in those ways and not just because of the devil stuff but because Joel's character just didn't like claff he was too slimy for him he didn't like that that personality (laughs) so you have to put that feeler out and check in and then ever since we had that conversation those conflicts became more regular because we knew we were okay with it and we knew that grace our other player because there's only three people in this party was okay with it to an extent and so after whenever we had a conflict i would message wesley and be like hey buddy i love you i hope you're okay i hope you didn't go too far like is everything all right and he'd be like yeah everything's fine are you okay and i'd be like yeah all good i'm happy with it let's keep going let's keep hating each other and our relationship in real life is what and I'd allowed just, that. I'd be there in the background, shoveling coal, coal on the fire. Yeah, you were a great friend. You were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just, I'm just going to pu- stir this pot up a little bit more. Just put in a little bit more spice. Um, so it got to the point oh. where we found ourselves in a crypt with, was it a sword? Hang on, we need to, we need, we need to preface. Oh, God, okay. So... For a couple of sessions, we knew, at least you knew, <laughs> it was going the way mm. where you guys, were, it was going to erupt in player versus player combat. Oh, okay. So let's put a pin in that then. I think we should we should yeah, make it We knew it was getting there. That Yeah, if it feels that way, if you know it's going there, you need to... And like by that, I mean that I had tactics and I said, I called James privately one day and I said, look, if we fight, here's what I'm going to do with this work. <laughs> like it, it was, it was like Cold War style, <laughs> like duck and cover. Um, I don't think anybody should be forced into PvP. And I think that there are areas of D&D that are good for PvP and there are areas that aren't. And if you have an evil character and it's going that way and you haven't checked in with anyone you're a bad person you need to check in because you cannot just out of the blue star player versus yeah. player combat that is just going to rip your table apart and put the put the stop to any adventuring and any any story that's happening so with that caveat said we knew it was heading in that direction and i think we wesley and i had private conversations and i said look and wesley yeah. wesley is the type of player who will see any story out to its it's finite conclusion to the point where he will love playing a character that he's playing. But if it makes sense in the story for that player to leave the adventure and go off and not, and be retired, he'll do it. He, you know, so he said, look, if that's what it yeah. comes to, that's what it comes to. So yes, we knew, we knew it was coming to that. And then we got to the crypt. Yeah. And, um, this was, this was something I actually came up with half on the fly. Um, so basically, down in in Elturel, down in the High Hall, there's um, there's a hallowed crypt where devils can't get in there. 
but there's this magical sword which some hero of Altarel had at one point. Can't remember the exact details. Um, it was a sort of weapon none of the party could use. Um, yeah, we didn't want it. But you guys, yeah, you guys had all headed in there with your um, group of refugees who you'd rescued from above, which included, um, I believe, there was at le- there was at least seven children. Yeah, and like three or four adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you went in there, you were sort of talking about what you were doing with the sword and uh, just having a look at things. And then when you turned around, stood at sort of the threshold, unable to come in, <sighs> was a Merigon and two Hellhats. And he he gave you one very simple deal. Give me the sword. And it was your lives, give me the sword and, and you get your lives and I won't burn you all to a crisp with my Hellhounds. So instantly... Q40, Q so many minutes of you guys arguing. We were to easily do. arguing for a good hour because, and like in character as well, not arguing as players. As players, we all knew what we had to do. We had to give him the sword. There was no option. We could not survive the combat. We had children and like four adults. And so Klaaf was like, we'll give him the sword. Like, yeah, technically that's not a good act because we are giving a devil a very powerful artifact, but it's the only way. It is the lesser evil. He's very not Geralt of Rivia. He, he will, he'll take the lesser evil. And it got to the point where the other character in the party was down for that plan, could not see any other way out. It took some convincing, but he was like, yep, I want to give the sword over to. But Drell was adamant that he didn't want to do it. No, no, no. It, he, he, was, he was adamant. But you wore him down, and he he agreed. Oh, I do remember but this. But then, when it came when it came time to actually hand it over, oh. obviously Wesley, think being in Drell's shoes, he thought he, and I think you guys sort of half half agreed with him as players, mm. um, to try to essentially try and do something, and it was Drell that opened it up with an attack, which then very simply caused yeah it, it uh, spiraled didn't it and i think i think at one point i tried to command him to do to stop fighting because i could see that it wasn't gonna go our way and to give the sword over it ended up with us with the hellhounds unleashing their fiery breath into what effectively was an incinerator yeah. like we were trapped we couldn't escape it um but the best the, the best part of it was is one of the hellhounds did that and obviously all of the oh my god um, the children died normal npcs dropped dead apart from raya raya was still alive oh the npc that uh, was with then, us and and the merrigan was like right give us give me the sword happened. give me the sword or the rest of you burn but I think it was Drell that carried on. Yeah, Drell kept going, and that's Outraged when at the death around him. Yeah, that's when we tried to second. like command him and like stop Raya him. dies. Raya died. That was a big moment in the campaign. So not only is yeah. Klaaf, my character, I'm... like angry because he's like, "This is what I told us to do," but now the other player in the party is like distraught that their friend has died because of it. Yeah, one of you, one of you gave the sword over. I think it was the other party um, member, and I th- yeah, I think it might have been Grace. And the American literally just left. He he left. Yeah, and As you the would. the other hellhound left with him. You know, like he said, um, because he's lawful and honourable. That resulted, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that resulted in you pulled Grace's character Ruby into the side and was like, "Look, 
this guy Drell is is a liability. He's 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 caused the deaths of all these people. He's killed. He's us? killed seven he children. Cause our death? Like that was that was the argument. It was. Yeah, and I think um, she stormed off in anger. Was, Grace is playing a male character, so if we say he and she interchangeably, that's why. Um, so she yeah. she he. No, she agreed with you. She, yeah, she she stormed off in anger, and then I followed her and said all of that, and said, "Look, that's seven kids and four adults." and Rhea, who have all just died because of Drell's actions. And and I I think the words I said were, if you want me to, I can do it right now. And she was like, what? And I was like, I can She's, I can deal with this now. And she just said yes. Yeah. Follow um, follow up you, Fireball from the Shield. Fireball and I think it was a stab Fireball and a stab it took. Mm. Um, but it killed him and he died yeah for all intents and purposes he died but um, it obviously being Avernus and Galgaf being the amazingly omniscient uh, pit fiend he is and also just an opportunist made a deal with Drell an op- a massive opportunist um, made a big deal with Drell um, saved his life some I I had wrote this ready because we ended with him dead and then started off with a deal. Mm. Um, I wrote this contract out. I got into into pit fiend mode, wrote it out, made it as ironclad as I could, yeah. and then present then presented it to Drell slash Wesley, and he signed it and came back. Mm. So, you know, I think the point of this story is that. We started off with this character that, with all the best intentions, was evil, and even to that point, had inter-party conflict and went, you know, into proper knuckleheading territory to the point where my character killed another player character. And in any normal D and D game, at my table, I'd be like, "This is a red flag. This is an area that's not just okay to do." But because we had those conversations, because we were open with each other and we checked in with each other, and because we knew that it was okay for from both of our points of views and the other players, we followed that road to its eventual conclusion. And James managed it spectacularly with the opportunity to not have our our story bring the end of a character's life. It wasn't like Deus Ex Machina or anything like that. It felt natural. It felt right. The wine's coming back. And uh, sorry, it's gross. Um, and it, it, <laughs> it wasn't disruptive. And I think that's the key here. The key is that you can do evil and, and you can have it fit a, into a good party if you're making sure you're having these conversations and you're putting these measures in place. I do want to say as well that without going into it, over the course of the story, Drell and Claff have become very, very close friends. Um, Claff is still evil. Yeah. Drell is still a good person in, for all intensive purposes, or at least a neutral person. He's not an evil character. But they are now the best of friends. And they would... Claff would die for him. Garn, you were going to say something. But I, f- I think that, that that brings in the next interesting part about Clash's relationship with the other two members of the party, mm-hmm. in that they both know what you're like and what you want at this point, but at the same time, they want something different. Um, you know, they want to do what Lulu said and, and redeems Ariel, whereas you're just like, let's just, you know, let's just gank her. I want to kill her because leaving her alive and, um, is a liability. Yeah, but the way the way you've gone about it as Claire Aff has been like, 
right, we'll do it. We'll do it your way as long as your way is working. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the belief, Claff doesn't think that way will work. Correct. Um, so, like, that's when we get back to the unicorn thing. Like, obviously, you're you were perfectly happy to to sack off that unicorn, have the unicorn die. We had um, to sacrifice the unicorn. Drell, that's all you need to know to get to get player back. Um, Drell didn't. It was all very sad. Lulu didn't want it to happen. And then obviously Lulu saves the unicorn. So now Lulu's going to die. And players are like, no, we can't do that. And you're just like, well, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, yeah. So Lulu is this um, celestial creature that befriends the party and stays with them for a long time. And everybody loved Lulu. Even Claath was friendly. And he he wasn't like, he didn't love her. She, she wasn't like his best friend. The others were like, Lulu, we love you. You're amazing. He was like, Lulu, you're cool. I get you. Like, yeah, you believe in different things for me, but you're a cool creature. I like it. Like we get on. And through Lulu's actions, because she wanted to save this innocent unicorn who we decided the lesser evil was to sacrifice for a, for, for a, be- for a good cause, we had to do this evil act, which is like the theme of this episode and this campaign. Um, Lulu saved the unicorn and so had to sacrifice herself. She chose to sacrifice herself. The other characters were distraught and were like, no, it can't, we can't do that. Whereas Claaf is there like, I'm sad. I'm sad that Lulu's done this, but she's decided her fate and I'm going to let it happen. And if, that, that, if that's an evil act, then I'm evil because we decided that this is what we were going to do and Lulu has intervened and decided it for us. So that's what happens. And that, that inaction shows yeah. his evil nature. And if you compare that to how do I play an evil character? What actions do I have to take to be evil? Don't do it through the inaction as well. And that doesn't mean don't save another player character. It means let bad things happen for good reasons. That even that can be twisted to be a bad well, sentence. Maybe, maybe, maybe instead of, instead of good reasons for, self-beneficial reasons and on that note i would like to say that if you are going to kill a unicorn you should at least do it with a lovely set of dice maybe a set of dice that you could win by entering into a giveaway that's happening right now today is the last day to enter into the dice dungeon giveaway celebrating almost three years give us six more episodes and uh, 150 episodes of we speak common if you head over to uh, at we speak common on twitter or I think at Dice Dungeon UK. If not, it will be on my on the We Speak Common Twitter. You'll find it. You can enter into the giveaway for uh, three sets of beautiful, beautiful dice. Today is the last day, so you have to do it the day that this episode comes out. It's been open for a week, and we of course will announce the winner next week in episode one, or the winners. Sorry, there should be three winners in episode one hundred and fifty. And I want to make it clear as well that if you've entered by going through the We Speak Common tweet, you can get yourself another entry by going through the Dice Dungeon tweet. So you can effectively get yourself two entries into this competition. Go and do it. James, I'm going to put it on record that you are allowed to enter. And if you win, it's not favoritism. It's by by luck of the draw. Um, <laughs> as with anyone that ever appears oh, on this show. I was about to say, but I'm not in, so just in case. But now you've said that, no, no, no. I'm going to go right ahead. It is all fair. Everything <laughs> is fair. And and actually, we uh, there was a giveaway where... Um, I think Sam was so close to winning and then just the, the right, like it was between him and someone else. Cause we had two ways to enter and we did the random generator and he didn't win. And he was like, well, people would have thought you just gave it to your mate. I was like, no, it's all, it's all fair. It's all fair. Um, but 
alongside that, Dice Dungeon yeah. have got a load of new stuff available. I know I say this every week, but I actually had a chat with Ben last week. There's so much new stuff available on the website, including glass dice. Oh my god, they are gorgeous. Go to Dice Dungeon uh, I believe it is. He's gonna he's gonna kill me. Ben's gonna shout at me. I swear. I gotta learn it eventually. I mean, it's been over a year. Go to the the link in the description of this episode and go and have a look. Get yourself ten percent off everything in your basket with the code We Speak Common and get yourself some blinging dice. That is that is what you should do. The other thing you should do if you're gonna be an evil character is work out how to do a really good evil laugh or at least describe your spells or your your character in an evil way. If you're not good at descriptive writing, then describe is the place for you. DSCRYB.com. Go and have a look. They are a subscription service. You can get 10% off your uh, subscription every single month for two years with the code common at checkout. And you get over 1,500 descriptive uh box texts from from like adventures for your home games as a player or a dm they are adding them every single day they're adding a whole new category soon go and have a look there's a link for them in the description too um james that's the ad read done what were we going to say <laughs> i've forgotten already so have I. Um... <laughs> oh, damn it okay well we should oh. we should stop talking about claff anyway because you've played evil characters as well that i've dm'd for I I have. Uh, I think I think we should go back to the the, the very first one, Ben. My, my first ever character. This is Throfgar. Throfgar has a place in my heart. So Throfgar was um so it was Curse of Strahd and I think I had three people yeah. and I I said to you, "Hey, James, I'm going to run a D&D game. Do you want to play?" And you were like, "Yeah, I'd love to. Can I be a vampire?" And I think I think my words were, um, <laughs> no, but yes, because obviously Strahd is a vampire. I, I think it was a case of can I can I become a vampire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you said can I play a vampire, and I was like, eventually I'll find a way, but to start off with no, because that's going to add a spanner into the works for the other players because they're going to be they know they're going up against a big bad who is a vampire lord. Yeah. So, remind me, did Hoth- Throthgar start off as an evil-aligned character? No. Okay. He, um, he was a cleric of... Um, Lathander? I think it was probably Moradin or something. Oh, it wasn't yeah, Lathander. of course, because he's dwarf. Um, yeah, and um, he basically he got chucked out of his family home because he was wanting to be a cleric and not smith, and his dad was like, you know, screw you, off you go, mm. pack your bags. Typical. Then he 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 gets captured by um, evil Vistani under the control of Strahd, and, you know, he, he ends up in Strahd's dungeons, mm. has very, very horrible things happen to him, mm. and over that time comes to basically despise and hate Strahd and everything he stands for with complete passion. Yeah, those, um, those dungeons are definitely not and, a five-star resort. No, he he escapes, um, because you know who who builds a prison to hold a dwarf when everybody's a human. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was that was that was basically the reason we had. He, he managed to crawl out. Some I think small hole I think you were like his servant and, for um, a while, and you just you bided your time and just found an opportunity, and you you got away. Um, yeah, something like that. It was it was something worse than worse than that. I remember font. I remember very keenly what it was, but we're not we're not going to go into that. Oh god, okay, <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, Tell me later. Um, yeah, and 
he escapes and he gets taken in by this Vistani group who are good and they become his new family, Man and Maver, his, mm. his basically his new mum. I think you uh, yeah. but his one thing now is he You He wants to end Strahd. Yeah, you you were taken in by the Vistani group that, that Madame Ava was a part of. And it was like they're kind of good, but they're also kind of bad because they themselves are a bit of a grey area. So the Vistani as a people aren't inherently er, inherently evil. But the Vistani that live in Barovia are um, of the lineage of Vistani who sided with Strahd and so did evil things. And because they helped Strahd, Strahd said that all Vistani, all the Vistani people, will not be hurt by any of his minions and they can come and go from his land as they please, which is part of the lore as to why the Vistani can, can travel through the mists of Ravenloft, right? So they're not evil... And yeah. like one Vistani group, like all Vistani group know that story. It's like a, it's like a legend, a legacy of the Vistani people. And so they know of like the 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 Vistani that were bad and gave them a bad name in in the mists or whatever. So like Madame Ava's not evil, yeah. and she plays this very interesting role in the campaign because she tells the characters how to kill Strahd. She tells them how to escape the mists and things so she's not evil but she's not good either and i think that had a i think no. that had a very profound impression on frothgar yeah because his his whole thing then becomes about he's going to do whatever it takes to to kill strad pay back madame Ava and and the rest of the stone that took him in free them from uh the, the tyranny of strad mm. and he's like right how can i do that i know i can get on his level <laughs> literally um <laughs> so obviously cue, cue many many sessions and me like keenly looking out for right how can i do this i how, think i said to I you a vampire there will be a way but it won't be you'll until, know it when you get yeah there. you'll know when you get there and it'll be yeah. late level i was like it'll be around level eight ish <laughs> and then we get to the amber temple yeah and i find that sarcophagus and cue interesting events involving reincarnation and and Make having to die and yeah. stuff. Basically, in order for him to become the vampire, he has to kill somebody who truly loves him. Yep. Um, in a violent fashion, and then drink their corpse dry, and then be and killed course, by people who then, truly hate him. Yeah, and Hrothgar is like, well, I've got plenty of people that don't like me, <laughs> but there's only one that loves me. And that's Madame Ava. And let's all remember, <laughs> Madame Ava is a diviner. And so that I, I still think that this that, that, that session, that role play, was, is one of my highlights and always will be as a DM. Having that conversation of her like saying, you know, you were meant for this and you're here for this reason and I know about it and all that kind of stuff and allowing it. Oh, God. Yeah. And yeah, and then obviously Rothgar kills her in a very violent fashion. Absolutely hates himself for doing this, mm. and you know it's it's an evil thing for him to do because he's doing it pretty horrifically. Oh yeah, drinks her dry, mm. and then literally carries her corpse out of the tent and just shouts into I've killed her into a party as well. Like there was a festival happening. Like the rest yeah. of the party, like the players oh, kind of knew what was coming because they they the players have meta knowledge, don't they? but they they don't met a game and they yeah. knew what was happening but they couldn't do anything about it and so there's this shock of like you coming out into this this ca 
campfire scene, oh. music, partying, drinking with with her in your arms and just the whole like the scream of a woman who was, you know, sitting by the fire and then everybody drawing their weapons and just and the players just running and hiding in the chaos. Yeah. Um and and this is the thing. And it was all these all these people that once cared for him. Mm, yeah. Just hated him in an instant. Utterly and utterly because she was the matron of their 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 travelling camp. But this is the thing, like I think if you hadn't have gone in with the intentions, that would feel very jarring to go from a good character to an evil character. But you although you didn't have the evil alignment, you did things along the way to show that kind of evil bend, that kind of lean towards the evil that you would attempt potentially be pulled in by in that you were a bit brutal in combat and you didn't care about like desecrating a corpse in the sense that oh this thing's evil let's put its head on a spike um you know and leave a message and you know oh well they're bad so we'll kill them they don't get redemption we'll just kill them like i don't care if that makes me a bad person they're a bad person too like yeah you had acts and you and you said things along the way that made other players sort of raise an eyebrow like mm, okay that's a bit dark and it it all came to a head when you became a vampire yeah. For a good reason, but you're still evil. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss him. I miss him too. He was a he's a very interesting <sighs> oh. character and we should we should definitely I really want to rerun Strad at some point, but oh my god, I know Sam really wants to play in Strad, but uh, but I, I think I I like our new headcanon for Hrothgar. Like he's basically bound by like destiny to always be there when mm-hmm. Strad comes back now. Yeah, like if I ever, oh. because all of my games have developed, if I ever reran Curse of Strahd, obviously I'd incorporate some more bits and bobs from Van Richter's Guide to Ravenloft and maybe the Lich uh, Dreadlord that has a, a rivalry with Strahd and stuff like that. But I think Hrothgar would be one of the potential allies that you can get while there. He would be a part of Barovia now. Yeah. Okay, we've talked for a yeah, long time. But I think the the main reason, like I said, the main reason I bring him up is he shows how you can you can be an evil character, but your goals can still perfectly align with everybody else's, and yeah, it it it'll work out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that takes me really nicely into what I was going to say. I think we've we've talked for a long time, so let's boil this down into some some actual, not potentially, not necessarily actionable tips but things to think about when you're doing this both dm and player side so to start with the player i think for me it's um thinking about why the character is evil and what that means so for claaf that's i want to make my city the best place and a nice place but i will do anything for that even if it means doing some evil acts like he has a good goal but he doesn't mind doing bad things for it and for orlo it's i want to research magic and the weave and i want to know everything and then he gets interested in the occult stuff and he's like i want to learn about the occult knowledge i don't want to use it but i want to know about it because knowledge is power and he becomes evil because he's tempted to use it even if he's using it for a good action he still becomes evil through that that action what do you think? What are your 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 tips? Yeah. 
my my sort of ball down would be make it so that your your goal if not aligning with the rest of the party is at least congruent mm. and so it's it's going to lead you along the same path and may, maybe even to the same end goal uh, but if your methods might be different or it might be the case of that character might only be there temporarily not to the end of the adventure it might get to a point where you're using that party and their goals to get you towards yours and the moment you've got yours you you leave because you've, you've used the party for what you wanted and then you go and they don't even have to know that that was your goal all along thinking for example Arkhan mm. mm-hmm. yeah um, so if you don't know Critical Role Archon the Cruel uh I guess spoilers for campaign one. No, it's been like six years. Uh, in the fight against Fechner, took the opportunity to cut off his hand and attach it, and then bamf out before the other party could do anything. He helped them achieve their goal, which was to save the world, right? But he was evil because he had a goal of his own, which was to get the hand of Vecner and use it to further his evil goals of allowing his evil queen Tiamat to gain more power um i think other little things that you can do as a player Claf always has the has a has had a plan of that if things got bad in the fights he would cast banishment on himself because you can do that rules as written and escape to another plane of existence and just leave the other two for dead like if if it if a tpk was happening like if if one was on the floor doing death saves and the other went down his next turn he would just run because he's evil he would save himself and but but as a player i knew i would only do that if i knew this was a tpk that i wasn't going to do it any other time i wasn't going to leave them to dead because that would be a dickhead move because you have to work as a team but i knew that if if i have enough knowledge as a dm i have enough knowledge and enough of a connection in the party with james as a dm to be able to say james is this a potential end game scenario? And if he says yes, I've got my plan and that shows his evilness. But then in the same sense, we've got to the point now where they have become a tight-knit family in a way and Klaaf revealed to them last session, okay, we'll go in, you can try and do the good thing you want to do and re- redeem Zariel, but if it doesn't work, we're going to kill her. Well, that's what we're going to do. And they've said yes, okay. And he said, look, this whole time I've been holding this trump card of how I'm going to get out if things go poorly i can i can do it twice so if things are looking bad i'll save you both instead of me and that's a little bit of a good act doesn't outdo the fact that he's evil but that's the party's um what's the word that's their influence on him influence yeah so don't be afraid to do that either character development exactly i mean he's still very much a dick and evil but he's not a ba- oh. he's not a dick in a bad way uh dm tips james what have you got for dms running evil characters with good parties you have to talk to your players yeah 100%. <laughs> it's that simple yeah um because i know earlier on you made it sound a lot like it was just you and wesley going back and forth but i was basically privy to everything that was going on oh god yeah um then you know if i had any concerns like you know i could raise them mm. um if either of you have any concerns you know we could we could sort it out and it is a case of if things are getting difficult and it's coming to a head you do need to sit down get everything ironed out so that it doesn't cause any 
real life problems. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, as much as we love it, D&D is a hobby. It's a game and it should not come before friendships. And a lot, I think a lot of people don't like to hear this, but as a DM, you have responsibility to make sure that everyone else is having fun. This is an important position that you take within the hobby. You are running the game. You are looking out for everyone. And so, yeah, James absolutely knew every conversation that Wesley and I were having. And don't make sure to sacrifice your own fun either. If it's something you don't want in your campaign, either because you don't think it makes sense or because you're not comfortable with running it, you should be able to say to that player, not comfortable running this. I don't think it'll work. Can we try something else? Definitely. Um, and if they're a good player, if they're your friend, they will always, 100% of the time, say, sure. Or they might ask, is there a way we could work it out? And maybe you could work it out and tweak it. If not, just make a new character. Mm. Yeah, we always stress the importance of session zeros. And I think that's another part of that. Make sure you set expectations. You know what your players want. You know what you want. And you work together for that. Um, I think to back up your point, um, it made sense for there to be an evil character in our Descent game. Because the, the whole theme of that is, can you remain good people? And so having a player that was already evil kind of enforced that to the other the other players. So it made sense. If we were running, you know, I don't know, a more classical adventure across the Sword Coast, it might not make sense to have an evil character. It might be jarring rather than complimentary. It made sense to have an a, a morally twisted character in Curse of Strahd because their backstory allowed for it and it's a very grey gothic horror setting. It was a kind of depressing place to be and that that kind of shows how much it can wear away on a player uh, or a character even because they they want to go to any ends even if it corrupts them. So think about whether it, it suits and whether it makes sense and it's going to help or hinder your and the other party's party members fun and put that out there and have that conversation okay is there anything else that you want to say james before we close up here i think we covered it good <laughs> good i well, think we've if had not, they know where to let us know in discord it, yes 100 percent. thank you oh you've done this so many times now you know where it's going um i think we've had a really good discussion here and i think we could talk about this for hours and i think there's probably stuff we haven't mentioned and there's probably stuff that we've said that you might not disagree with or you might agree with completely and there are some people who just say i don't want evil characters and that's fine i want to hear about it i want to spark the conversation i said last week that this whole the whole point of this podcast is to to create a community and we're doing that and it's happening and i'm so proud of it but i want to grow it so tweet me i'm very quiet on twitter i realize but tweet me if you're not on the discord server tweet me at we speak common at ben jeff norris get involved in the chat email us at we speak common uh, sorry we speak common at hotmail.com uh you know we're on instagram if you want to join the Discord server, it's a growing community. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you just have to join the Patreon, which has added, bon added bonuses too. All of the links for those are at wespeakcommon.com, which should take you to a link tree. If not, find us on Twitter and we're there. Or just, I don't know, email me and I'll give you the links. Like, honestly, I'll make it so easy for you to come and chat because I want to meet more people and I want to hear what you think. How do you run evil characters? Get in touch and let us know. Oh, James, thank you very much. Oh, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy just getting to sit and chat D&D &D for like 
an hour and 12 minutes yeah we need to talk about um <laughs> we need to talk about orlo's uh next steps but i have to cook dinner for my lovely other half so um we might have to do that another time but hey maybe we'll do it on the podcast one day who knows um thank you very very much i'm sure no, you will be back be i'm absolutely sure of it especially because when we finish descent we're gonna we actually do a rundown of that campaign like we did Waterdeep. so um that'll be a lot of fun too but in the meantime yeah um have a wonderful rest of your evening and we will talk dnd again very very soon also going into that giveaway okay i will i will log into my rarely used twitter account <laughs> yes yeah, so that's fine it's fine if you don't use twitter normally it's keep going enter um yeah have a great evening dude uh, you too see ya bye thanks for listening today if you like the show do us a favor leave us a like and review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends send us to your fellow dms and players so that we can build our community even more it really helps to get us out in front of more eyes if you want to support the show you can by joining our patreon links can be found in the show description and the episode descriptions on all platforms the music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82. It's licensed under a Creative Commons license by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. Yeah.